Hello. This is Desi Relliford, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversations. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. What's up, Royals fans? It's Davo. And I'm glad you are here for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players. During this season, it's currents once a week. We'll start that here coming up uh, in April. It's 2015 right now, by the way, in case you're listening to this years from now. This is recorded in in March of 2015. It's a mid-March morning in 2015. So we talk to your favorite current Royals players during the regular season and all year-round weekly interviews with former Royals players. Today, it's Desi Relliford we're joined by here on Clubhouse Conversation. One of my favorite guys from the mid-2000s when I think back to that 03 team especially. Desi Relliford took over in August of 03 every day at second base for Carlos Fabulous, but throughout that year was in the lineup seemingly every day. Desi played six different positions while with KC in both 2003 and 2004. 255 games in the KC uniform was a really a good player. Gave you good at bat, switch hitter, had a little pop from time to time, could run, could play defense, brought a lot of energy to the team. Excited to bring Desi Rutherford on the show here, a guy who played as a shortstop coming up in the major league, spent 11 seasons at the big league level, not only with KC, but also with Philly and San Diego and the New York Mets, Seattle, Colorado, and Texas. Desi also loves to talk about his pitching. <laughs> So we will make sure we get into that today on Clubhouse Conversation. The man once threw a 1-2-3 inning while with the Mets hitting 91, throwing gas out there, had a strikeout. I'm sure we'll touch on that throughout this interview. And Desi out in Jacksonville, Florida these days. I used to, you know, me personally, it's exciting for me to talk to somebody in Jacksonville. I used to live and work radio in Jayville back from 2006 to 2008. So I'm excited for that aspect as well. But let's get it right in. He's on hold right now. Let's talk to him. Desi Relliford, welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Thanks for your time. And first of all, how's everything going? What are you up to these days, man? Yeah, everything's going well, man. I, uh, you know, I can't complain. Um, I'm healthy. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy. Uh, weather's great. You know, things are good. Live in the dream. Did you get a chance to enjoy uh, the Royals 2014 uh, World Series run? You know, actually, I did. I, you know, I, I didn't. Um, I hadn't paid attention. To, I probably hadn't watched three innings of baseball the whole summer um, and didn't even know they were good. Until uh, <laughs> until till late in the season, and um, you know, started paying attention. And obviously, once the playoffs hit, and I picked up, started watching and and, and getting a little more excited. And you know, during the playoffs, and you know, pulling out old Kansas City gear, front, you know, fronting like I've been cheering all season, you know, <laughs> front running. But no, <laughs> no, but uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, one of the because three. Uh, we actually had a decent team. We weren't bad. Um, we, uh, you know, that was my my favorite team that I played on, you know, so far. So I, you know, I have an affinity for you know for the Royals, you know, in in, in, in as far as the organization. Who would have ever thought Desi Relford a bandwagon fan, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I'm a true, fan, you know, I'm a baseball fan. And then it just so happens it's the playoffs, and you know, <laughs> you know, one of the teams I played for. You know, it's, it's you know 
uh, one of my, you know, my, not only one of the teams that I played for, but one of my favorite teams, you know, not, if not my, my favorite team, yeah. the O2 team itself. So, you know, it was really easy to cheer for them. You know, I cheer, I, it's easy for me, though. I played for like seven, eight teams, so it's like, you know, you know, I, you know, no one can be like, oh, you're front run. I'm like, dude, I played for them. Right. You got like a one in three chance, right? <laughs> of the World Series. Team. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk more about your hometown these days, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, is where you're at. You're you're out there these days. I know you went back to school since you retired. Uh, you're now doing something you're real passionate about. You help others uh, with nutrition. So, kind of talk about your career with nutrition and what exactly it is that you do. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. I. Um, you know. Now I have my own nutrition consulting practice, and uh, you know, it's a holistic. It's based on holistic nutrition. And I went, you know, I went to UNF and, you know, went through the dietetics and nutrition track there. Um, and then, you know, I, I just, uh, I felt like health and nutrition, you know, there's more to it, you know, than just kind of the numbers of it and, you know, carbs and proteins. Um, and, you know, because I'd learned towards the end of my career, um, I'd started exploring, you know, alternative methods of, you know, just kind of making myself better, help me stay around a little longer things I needed to do and you know nutrition was one of those things along with some other stuff so um you know the 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 regular you know dietary uh you know track was you know it was lacking so I did a two-year I did a two-year I got a two-year certification from a holistic institute um where you know I pretty much you know I feel like I've learned everything I, I needed to learn as far as nutrition is concerned um, and that's my, my practice is based on a holistic approach. So, um, you know, I, I help people in, 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 a, in a lot of different walks. You know, I use, you know, I, I work with athletes, you know, I work with women, um, you know, with their, you know, with different problems, you know, diabetics. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a few, uh, you know, a few different types of people that I work with and, uh, you know, I enjoy doing it. You know, I, and I, I enjoy, uh, I guess the the science of it, but there, you know, there's not a whole lot of science. It's it's, it's very um, just kind of you know, it's natural and and very kind of common sense. Once you learn, you know, things that uh, you know that can that can make your body better and 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 not hurt harm them as far as your food and you know other things you're using in your day to day life, but. Um, yeah, you know, taking that whole approach to health, you know, your job, your relationships, your spirituality, you know, your lifestyle, and not to mention your nutrition, um, you know, the culmination of all those things, that that's what determines your health. So, you know, you have to pay attention to all those things and make sure that, you know, each aspect, you know, each one of those aspects of your life are, you know, kind of in order. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's very cool helping others. So yeah. something else that I know you started during your career was six hole records. Uh, are you still doing that? What's the latest with yeah. that? No, you know what? That was uh, golly, man. It's a it's not a sore subject, but it's just kind of it 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 it, it stinks. We, uh, you know, I was, you know, that's a love of my music. You know, I just I ah, I love music. Always have been a big fan of it. Um, and six hole was, you know, that was my, you know, my interjection into the, you know, into the, into the industry, something, you know, my, 
you know, my brainchild or whatever, my, my, uh, my contribution, you know, to, to music and, you know, forming this label, especially in hip hop and doing something that, uh, you know, I know in a lot of people's eyes, it has a, you know, a negative connotation and, and rightfully so. You know, that's what, you know, that's what they put out. That's the stuff that they put in our faces. And that's what people think hip hop is. You know, the stuff they hear on the radio and the stuff they see on the videos. And, you know, there's a lot more to it. It's a lot more dynamic than that. And, um, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to show that through the music and through the artists that I signed. So that was really cool. Um, you know, being an independent label, you know, signing a lot of artists, you know, had some success, um, and ended up having, you know, about to get sued. Um, by uh, the estate of Isaac Asimov. Uh, it was just really stupid. I had a group named Asimov, you know what I'm saying? But um had nothing to do with science fiction or anything. It's a hip-hop group. And it wasn't even spelled the same way. Something totally different. Uh, but we had to end up, you know, cease and desist, this, that, and the third. We had to end up changing their name. You know, and it was a brand new group, brand new label, and it just, it really kind of, kind of wrecked all the momentum that we had, been, you know, that we had, we had started and gained over, you know, four years, five, six years, whatever it was. So it was, uh, it, it was a big blow. Um, it was a big blow. And so, um, that was kind of the, the big, uh, you know, the, the, that's what started the demise of, of Six Hole. Oh, man, I didn't know it went away. That stinks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, the last, I think the last time I put an album out or did anything was was eleven, two thousand eleven. Okay. So it's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's and, been a minute. Um, <laughs> you know, and yeah, and you know, I really want to get back into it. Um, uh, doing something. I've been talking to people here, and um, you know, just kind of in the industry. I have some friends, and you know, it may be something that I get back into because it is such a passion of mine. Yeah. And, um, yeah. You got to, man. You got to. Well, now let's kind of start from the beginning then. You know, growing up in Jacksonville, you went to Sandalwood High School where you eventually graduated from. So, like, growing up, where, where did your love for baseball come from? And, and was baseball always your number one sport growing up? Uh, well, see, I'm originally from Georgia, Valdosta, and then we moved to Jacksonville when I was eight, almost nine years old. So, um, I guess I had a I I always had a love for it, but it wasn't my it wasn't my number one growing up. I always, you know, especially being from Valdosta, Georgia, it's like a super huge football town. Um, so football was number one, and um, I grew up playing both. But once I got to high school, I you know it was just baseball. And I have an older brother who played. He's seven years older than me. He he actually played. Um, he played in the minor, been the Braves minor league system for a few years. So, you know, there's a there's a little bit of uh, lineage of some sort. Uh, my mom was very athletic, played softball and whatnot. So, um, you know, we grew up like a lot of families in the South. Uh, you know, around this area, you know, in the '80s and, and '70s, watching you know TBS, watching the Braves. And like every night, you know, what I'm saying? like you know, the games are on. Like we're watching the games, so it was like we genuinely enjoyed baseball. And it was one of those things where everybody in the family was watching. Like 
you know, if, if Gail Murphy hit a double or a home run, like the phone would be ringing because, you know, my aunt or uncle would be calling like, yo, did you see it? Are you watching the game? Like, like it was like that. Like, so it was, you know, a lot different than it is now. So, but it was, it was that genuine, you know, love of, of, of baseball. So we played it a lot. Um, you know, just like we did football, you know, so it was just one of those situations to where, um, you know, football went out or baseball went out, I think, just because of, you know, my stature, you know, being so small going into high school, you know, it's probably 115, 120 pounds or something. Um, I graduated at 150 pounds. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. I think I was a little bit more fit for baseball. <laughs> well, all, I mean, also how good you were making it, I mean, you know, made it easy. So you were all state there at Sandalwood. Then you signed to play at the University of Tennessee before the Mariners drafted you in the fourth round of '91. Was was that a pretty easy slam dunk choice to sign with them, or did you kind of you know debate it for a while? It wasn't easy because um, I was really, uh, I really wanted to go to school, and. Um, I just, um, it, you know, it was a tough decision. You know, at first it was easy. At first because they came in, you know, like any other negotiator, they came in low-balling and it was, you know, it was kind of, you know, slap in the face. My dad was like, you know what, get out of here. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't come don't come back until you're ready to give us this much amount of money. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that was it. And it was pretty much that. And I didn't, I thought he had scared him away and I thought I was, getting ready to go to school, which I was totally happy with. Um, but, you know, they came back with a number and, you know, with dreams of me playing in the major leagues and, you know, all that cool stuff. So that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> took took my chances on, you know, taking my 150-pound self into the, the pro <laughs> ranks at 17 well, obviously, try to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, obviously it worked. We'll talk about that here in a second. Now, before we talk about the start of your pro career, one other question I had about kind of the high school era. Now, I don't know if you got to know this guy at all during high school. He ended up going to Englewood High, but <clears throat> obviously a former Royal I wanted to ask you about, we lost him tragically, was Ryan Friel. So how did you get to know Ryan? How old were you, and, and what kind of man was he? Yeah, well, Ryan was my dude, man. He, uh, you know, he was kind of, you know, he was a, he, two or three years younger than I am. Um, you know, so he's a few years younger. And obviously we both love baseball. And he was on the, you know, the junior high, or, yeah, the junior high team while I was at, uh, while I was on the varsity team. And, um, you know, he just, he took a liking to me because, I, you know, kind of like a, like a big brother kind of thing. You know, he, uh, and we started hanging out in the summertime, just you know, working out, doing baseball stuff, and and just became friends. And so that was probably around the time when I was, you know, sixteen, seventeen, you know, getting ready to, you know, get ready to start my career or whatever. But um, yeah, Brian and I used to be really, really close, and um, it was it was cool to see, um, you know, that you know both of us get there and make it and you know being two guys from the same neighborhood from you know similar in stature just kind of same kind of you know mindset when it came to the game um uh it was good to see that happen but you know obviously it was tragic to see what happened here in a couple years ago 
Yeah, totally. One other Jacksonville guy. Did you get to know Billy Butler at all? Yeah, I didn't. You know, I didn't know Billy while he was in high school, but you know, obviously he signed with KC, um, and I was there when he signed. Um, so, you know, I got a chance to meet him there, and you know, I think my wife at the time, my ex now, you know, met his wife, and they kind of, you know, became friends a little bit. But um, yeah, Billy and I are cool. You know, we don't talk like that, but yeah, I had a chance to meet him and. I mean, it's it's good to see somebody like him from Jacksonville, you know, like really, you know, he's he, you know representing. I mean, the guy's a, he's a really good hitter, and he's going around the league as a good hitter. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous the amount of talent that comes out of there. So, pretty cool. Uh, so, the start of your pro career then. So, you signed with Seattle, June of 91. You finished out that year in the Arizona League. And then the next five summers, you were in places like Riverside and Port City and Tacoma. And then, of course, Jacksonville. So, I wanted to ask you, you know, how cool was it playing at home there for the Jacksonville Suns in AA? It was, it was really cool. But at the same time, um, it was tough. You know, um, because, you know, this is, you know, I'm playing in front of, you know, my friends, you know, family. And, you know, you know, only two years prior, you know, they saw me here, you know, in high school, you know, hitting close to 500 and, you know, doing all these, you know, crazy amateur type things or things that you do in amateur ball. And, uh, you know, so I'm, you know, I was putting a lot of, you know, under pressure on myself to, to, you know, to overperform, to outperform what I could actually do. So it was actually working against me. So I, I, I had to had to learn how to how to relax a little bit and just and just play the game. Well, I mean, you did. You were the number 89 overall prospect after that, according to Baseball America. So before 96, you know, it was during that summer that Seattle trades you July 31st trade deadline for Terry Mulholland. You get traded over to Philadelphia. So, I mean, where were you at when you got that news? Were you kind of surprised? And what were your emotions like? I was, yeah, I was super surprised. Um, for one, because I was having the worst season of my career in AAA that year. Um, just because I was I was down there, you know, uh, being a kid, you know, uh, acting in ways, you know, just a, of a guy who didn't understand the business side of the game. And, you know, this was 96, so this has been three years after they had drafted uh, Alex Rodriguez. And, you know, he's the guy. You know, they were trying to move me to second base and, you know, I was reluctant. I didn't want to play second base. I wanted to be a shortstop. You know, just being stubborn. And you know, they sent me to you know, sent me to winter ball to learn to play second base. I break my hand a month in. I'm happy. I come home. <laughs> you know, I was just like I did not. It was just I was crazy at that point, and uh, I was struggling. And I even had my coach. You know, Terry Kennedy, the hitting coach. I mean, he talked to me so bad one day. You know, telling me how bad of a player I was. You know, we can't even trade for you now. You know, I mean, oh, he was killing me. You know, so honestly, it was a surprise when I got the when I got when I got traded because I thought I was trash. And I'd literally, you know, maybe a week or two prior to that happening, I had called my dad and told him I was about to quit and come home just like because I was tired of everything. And I was like super stressed out. And then the next thing, you know, I was 
in the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how that works. 96 to 2000. So, and I mean, you had some really good years though. You started at shortstop, you know, several years there, 142 games in, in 98, then 84 in 2000 before they traded you again to the Padres. But your Phillies days, I mean, tell us your favorite memories of those days. Oh my goodness. Um, I think my favorite memory of Philly was when I got traded from Philly. <laughs> Honest, it was. I mean, I had I, I met some good people there. The city of Philadelphia is great. The fans suck. Um, the organization at the time was not bad, but there was a coach, uh, John Vukovic, who uh, I hated. Um, and I, I felt like he hated me for, for no other reason, for, for nothing. I mean, he was just, he was old school. He was one of those guys who, uh, you know, I could do no right. You know, if I went three for four, he'd be wearing me out by about why I didn't get the fourth hit. You know, if I took a hundred perfect ground balls and threw one, you know, that had a little sink on it or in the dirt, I mean, he'd be wearing me out, you know, or he'd wear me out because of how I was wearing my uniform. I mean, it was. I mean, I mean, nothing. You know, if I if I was in the clubhouse and being jovial and you know interacting with my teammates, oh, you're a rookie. You don't know your place. You need to shut up. And if I'm sitting in my locker with my headphones on, listening to music, then I'm an outcast and I'm not a part of the team. I like it was. It was ridiculous. Like I I couldn't understand why I was. You know what was going on. Like why why I was being treated this way. So it, it made it really tough for me to play, and it was like that for pretty much my whole my whole time there. So, um, yeah, when I got out of there, that was that was that was one of my favorite memories, straight up. Because honestly, like I, there's like a I put like a mental block I think on a lot of stuff. Like I don't even like I spent more like more actual time in Philly than I did in any other place, but I don't remember anything from Philly. Huh. Except, except you know, you know. I mean, I mean, I remember stuff that happened on the field and things like that. But you know, it was, it was, it. Yeah, every time it comes up, it's negative. It's not. It wasn't a fun time. So you got kind of worn out then, I guess. Men- kind of beat down mentally. Not kind of. <laughs> he wore me out. Like not nah, just straight up. He, he wore me out, and I, and I mean it was obvious. The next year I left. I went to New York. I hit 300. Had the best season. I you know up to that point. I had a you know I went was able to just go play, you know, and have some fun. And I hadn't I hadn't had that yet in the big leagues. Yeah. Well, before we talk about the Mets, you also so you finished out 2000 uh, with the Padres, 45 games there. Anything uh, you know stick out about that? <laughs> yeah, you know what? First of all, I love San Diego, and it, oh, my God, it broke my heart that they didn't want me to come back. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is awesome. Like, this is a great place to be. Um, but it, I just, that year, it wasn't, it wasn't my year. Like, I remember I, I just had the worst luck. I don't remember what I actually hit that year. It was low two-something, and I don't, um, but I remember just, hitting so many balls hard right at people like a lot that year and especially when i when i got to san diego i remember in fact one time i was just kind of just at my wits end. i just hit another rocket like the shortstop laid out and dove and caught it or something and i came back to the duck 
crazy dog. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, sitting right here in front of me, and I'm like, there's a package of Thin Mint sitting next to me, Girl Scout cookies that I haven't had in three years. And I get into this crazy dog, like, trying to eat my cookie in front of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's <weird. laughs> Oh, man. So, anyway, back to San Diego. Um, yeah, coming back after being robbed of another hit. Like, what? what's new? And I'm coming back to the dugout. And remember, Ryan Klesko just came up and looked at me, and he just held his arms out. And he's like, here, buddy. And gave me a big hug. <laughs> he's like, dude, I don't know what else you need to do, man. He was like, you got the worst luck ever. And I was like, yeah, funny. I, I know. You know, so it was just, it was. I, that's what I remember about my time there. But other than just being completely happy outside of the field, um, just because the, the weather was so beautiful and everything was so relaxed and it seemed like, yeah, this seems like I could play for, like, I can, I can get used to being. And, um, yeah, it lasted, what, a month and a half. So. <laughs> Well, so the, ne- the next year things get better. So 2001, like you said, the match offensively, you're, you're doing doing well there. And then I'm assuming we got to talk about this. So you get to pitch that year. So you hit 91 on the radar gun. You struck out Jose Nunez, Bubba Trammell, and then you got Adam Riggs. So you had a one-two-three ending with a strikeout. Uh, you know how special was that day being on the mound? That's my big league highlight. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite moment of my of my you know because my whole my whole life. I was I pitched. I mean, up until I got drafted, I always pitched. You know what I'm saying? And um, my whole career, I always talked trash to the pitchers about how I could pitch, and you know how easy it was, and how they're making it hard, like throw strike. Like I'd get into it with pitchers, and they kind of thought I was a jerk sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't over the top, but I, you know, you know, every, all the <laughs> all position players kind of, you know kind of feel like you know dude all you do is pitch bro like, you can't throw strikes you know what i'm saying like like anybody should be able to throw strikes i ain't saying you should be able to get big league hitters out that's tough but to be able to throw strikes you should be able to do that like you just should be able to do that you're in a big league and i honestly believe that so and when i got my chance i was going to show them you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like look guys i've been on the mound in 10 years and honestly when i got on that mound it felt like it felt like the last time I was on the mound. I mean, I felt like I was at my American Legion game, and I'm about to put this guy away. Like that's that's what I felt like on the mound. You know what I'm saying? So I was, I had command of both sides of the dish, had a good changeup working, and I was hitting 91. And that gun was a little slow too. It was like 93. But either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was, yeah, it just, yeah. Either way, it doesn't matter. So I'm hitting, you know, both sides of the dish, you know, throwing strikes. And it sucked that it wasn't like, uh, I wish it could have been like uh, the guys that I came up in the minor leagues with that I was pitching in front of. Like if it had been like the Seattle guys or the Philly guys that I've been talking trash to for so long. Like these guys, you know, I, you know, I'd, I'd only had a chance to wear them out for a couple of months about how I had to pitch, you know. <laughs> Whereas before the other teams, you know, I had years in invested, you know what I'm saying, and then trash talking and letting them know what I could do. So now I actually got after this game, I got footage, you know what I'm saying. After this, I got footage, so I had a tape everywhere I went. I went to see at next next stop Seattle. Hey, Brian Price was a pitching. I was like, BP, check this out, bro. 
we got to check out the tape, showed him the tape, and he was, I mean, impressed, super impressed. Not only was he impressed, but after the inning, after I threw that inning, um, what's, uh, God dang it, who's the lefty that we had? Um, Al Leiter. Al Leiter and, like, Rick Reed. We had a couple other veteran guys. They came up to me and was just like, whoa, like, Desi, like, that was impressive. And, like, at first I kind of thought they were, like, kind of being facetious. And I um, and I was, like, thinking in my mind, like, they can't be being facetious because it was pretty awesome. <laughs> but he's just like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, like, you know, like, it was pretty good. But then they were being, they were like, no, dude, like, that was really good. And at that point, our bullpen, was kind of scuffling. A couple guys were hurt, and they were kind of beat up. And um, you know, I was a, you know, I wasn't an everyday player, but I was playing more times than not. You know, utility guy. You know, getting a lot of babies and playing. So, but they were like, you know, you could get your arm up, get your arm strength up, and maybe you know, maybe you could be like a 13th guy. And I was like, all right, all right, whatever. Like, and thinking in my inside, I'm just like, holy shit, that would be like the dream job. Like, that's what I've always wanted to do. I've always wondered why guys don't continue doing that. Like pitching and playing a position or because yeah. a lot of guys a lot of guys can do it yeah so um after that um you know our pitching coach was charlie huff and our crazy ass manager bobby valentine loved bobby valentine <laughs> so you know he's gonna you know he's not he's not up for you know he's up for trying new stuff and you know out thinking the game that's him he does that so you know, I started throwing bullpens and everything after that. Started getting my arm strength up, and I actually got up in the bullpen, um, I think, one other time that year, and it was going to be. I got up in the bullpen in Philly. <laughs> in Philly, and I was going to pitch in Philly. And I was coming in. I got the call. He was like, hey, if he doesn't get out of this inning, you know, you're coming in. And I'm in the bullpen, and I know it, it stinks, and, it, you know, it's not – you know, really a team kind of attitude, but I was hoping that he didn't get out of there. <laughs> you know, walk somebody, give up a bloop single, you know, anything. I just do I, I mean, it was in Philly against the Phillies. I'm in the bullpen, arm feeling good. I guarantee I didn't throw a 95. I guarantee. I mean, I was, oh my goodness. And I was going to hit the first person, didn't care who it was. <laughs> I love it. First person. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whoever it was is going to catch in the ribs, and then the next three guys are going to get struck out. That's what I saw in my mind. That's that's what was going to happen. So, <laughs> oh God, this so, is great. Yeah, so so Turk Wendell, the jerk, gets a double play and gets out of the inning, <laughs> and you know, and then my dashes my chances of getting in the game against the Phillies. Was he still brushing his teeth between innings at that point, or is that like a early on thing? Yeah, he was still crazy. Well, he was still doing all that. Stuff. That's great. Yeah, what, wasn't there? Uh, wasn't there one other time with Seattle where Pinella got you up later in your career and you almost threw there too? Yeah, yeah, we were in um, uh, we were in uh, Anaheim, getting ready to play the uh, you know, not getting ready, but we were playing playing the Angels, and yeah, same thing. Yeah, I mean, this is dude. I'm telling you, the tape was golden. All I did was show the tape. <laughs> but, but, I mean, he can't. You can't, like, look at it. You see it. You see the tape. You see I feel my arm. Like, yeah. I'm like, why not? They throw you out there. We, I mean, what else we got to lose? <laughs> now, I got to know. I got two. I had two. I had two more innings in the minor leagues. Still has, I still have a zero ERA. Perfect. No blemishes. Now, what about? I mean, what about catcher and first base? Why didn't you ever do those? Those are the only two you didn't play, right? In the big leagues. Right. 
first of all, you got to be stupid to be a catcher. Right. <laughs> and I'm not either stupid or tough enough to be a catcher. So, I mean, I if had they told me, hey, Des, the only way you're going to make it to the big leagues is, is to catch. And I'd, I'd politely tell them thank you for the opportunity and, and leave. Because I would not catch to play in the big league. There's no way. I do not love baseball enough to catch. <laughs> is it that bad? I just, for me, I just look what these guys do back there. I mean, you're squatting all day. I mean, you're, I mean, first of all, I don't even know how they catch 9,500 mile an hour fastballs and curve. I don't even know how they do it. And then they're taking foul balls off the elbows, off the shoulders, and, and act, it's supposed to act like it doesn't hurt and keep in the game and. Then you got to go, man. It's no, no. I get, get, I'll get out here where I don't have to get run over by people. I don't have to put on all this clunky stuff. I can go, you know, you know, make web gyms and dive and look sweet. And you know, like, I don't know, man. I totally respect catchers. Like I don't know how they do what they do <laughs> at that level. Like it's crazy. They're really good. Yeah. Well, 2002 then, that's a crazy year for you. So before the year, first of all, you get traded to the Giants for like a minute in December, and then they turn around and deal you back to Seattle like a month later in you know that January. Right. And then, so you play in Seattle that year. You're voted the unsung hero by the Seattle BBWAA, whatever that means. And then, so, you know, talk yeah, about... baseball, I think it's the Baseball Writers Associ- something, something. Yeah. Writers Association. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, how did you like Seattle I mean, then I, in 2002? I mean, that was like an SB or an Emmy. Like, that's a huge thing. You don't know about it, but it's pretty big. Oh, is it really? Um, <laughs> no, no oh. not at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you had me going there for a second. I'm like, wow, this guy's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, not really. Not really. But, no, I did have a – like, I just – I had a good year, man. Like, I'm one of those guys, like, where I'm there. Like, um, you know, maybe not statistically. I don't stand out here or there, but – you know, on the field, your teammates and your opponents know, like, dang, this, you know, this guy can play. Like, he's a good player. He, you know, he gets it done. And that year was the first year that I literally played everywhere around the field, you know, other than first base and catcher. Up until that point, I'd only played second, short, and third in the big leagues. And I'd never played outfield in my life. And I got to the park one day, and Lou Pinello was like, hey, hey, kid, we're going to need you in right field tonight. You know, I mean, I didn't have an outfielder's glove, like, nothing. You know, fam, so I'm just like, holy shit. I was scared to death and had to go outside and take as many fly balls as I possibly could to try to get ready, and it was awesome. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, now I'm excited to talk about this part. So 2003, the Royals signed you as a free agent January 10th of 03. Now, first of all, what made you choose to come to Kansas City? Um, the, well, I, I, that was, there. I was, uh, you know, I had a few teams, you know, that were kind of, you know, trying to get at me. And Kansas City was the only team that offered me a multi-year deal. And one of the other teams was Tampa. Like, Lou Pinella was trying to get me to go to Tampa. And I'm like, no way. You know, back in the, you know, back in the day, Tampa was, I mean, the, no fans and, you know, this one, they were terrible. Uh, it's just like, no, not quite ready to do that. And then I forget where else. It was somewhere else. Maybe, uh, I can't remember. But I ended up going there because it was, you know, two-year dealing. I had an opportunity to play. 
you know, I knew I was going to play. I was going to be a utility guy. And I knew who they, at second base, they had um, somebody there who I felt like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to work my way back into a starting role. You know what I'm saying? Like that was my, you know, ulterior motive was to, you know, outplay whoever the middle infielder was there so that I could be an everyday guy instead of a utility guy. Yeah, you did that too by well, that August when they DFA'd uh, Carlos Fabulous. I mean, did you? But did you know anybody when you first came over to KC at all? Um, I knew Raul Ibanez. Um, did, wasn't he there? Yeah, he was there. He was the man. I, I mean, we had him. We had him yeah, here last year. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And Ro, yeah, he's a, you know, we came up in Seattle together, so I knew him. Um, but honestly, I didn't, you know, I didn't know too many. Yeah, I just, I knew guys from playing against them. You know, I'd been around the league, but I was still relatively fresh to the American League. So, um, yeah, you know, I didn't know a whole lot of people. But, I mean, when I tell you it was my favorite team that I played on, out of all the teams I played on, that was my most fun team. Yeah, well, so let's talk about that year. So 2003, you guys start 9-0, and you win 11 of your first 12, and then all sorts of nutty things are happening during that time. So one of them involved you. Uh, you kind of won a game uh, when you guys went to 8-0 then. You probably remember this. You, uh, you was one nothing shutout, and you threw out Shane Spencer at third base from right field. Wow. Do you remember that, to, to win that yeah. game? Yeah. Oh, of course, because it ended, I mean, it ended up great. Like I looked like a hero, but I I was an ass. Like I ended, I was I was, you know, we're no doubles. Like you can't have a ball hit over your head in that situation. Like it's a one nothing game. Like even if you have to play against the wall and let a ball fall in front, we're not going to give a guy a double. And you know, Mister Outfielder, let the ball get over his head. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to hey, the ball was smoked. Like. I mean, like, dude, I mean, right-handed hitter, line drive, like, it wasn't hit high at all. So I kind of froze, and, and that little bit of time I froze, it was, I mean, it was coming, and it was, I mean, it hit over my head. It hit the wall in the air, and, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. But I, I was uh, fortunate enough to, to get a good throw. Yeah. Threw him out at third. So pretty deep and right, too. You know what I'm saying? It was, Pretty nice. That's a little pitcher arm coming in, right? <laughs> coming into play. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Now, yeah. now, I'm sure you remember one of my favorite moments is you know the extra innings. Ken Harvey off a of Matt Anderson walk off. He puts the hands up in the air. Do you remember that game too? Uh, of course, Big Ken. Yeah, that's my boy, man. That was that was a fun that, one. I mean, there was just there was so many. I mean, there was I mean, just you know, opening day having. Um, Lindy, what was it, Lindy? Mindy, Mindy? Yeah, Mindy Lopez. Mindy Lo- yeah. Mindy, Mindy Lopez, pinch hit, walk off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to, to win the game, open it there. Are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? And then like, then the next day, I think, you know, I think Brett Maine is like a, a opposite field. I mean, it's like, I mean, he's got he's got no pop. I got no pop. He had less than me. Yeah. And he's going oppo to win and and to you know to win games. Oppo, I'm like, dude, this is nuts. I don't know what's happening, but I mean, we're having so much fun in the clubhouse, and um, we're winning games with nobody. You know what I'm saying? I'm winning games. You got 
run Elvis Hernandez throwing no hit, you know, throwing <laughs> shutouts. You got you got some kid named McDougal nobody's heard of striking out Barry Bonds to you know like what's going on over here, man? It was, it was just so much fun. It was awesome. Yeah, I remember that slider he threw to Bonds, but it got him looking, man. That was sweet. Uh, you remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was filthy, and man. I, and, and, I, and, and, and I tell people about, and, and, and it's pretty much in more and so in the, to the regards of how great he was because, you know, listen, we're like, this is like years later. You know what I'm saying? And we're talking about him just striking out and how big of a deal it was. It was a strikeout. You know what I'm saying? Like, people do it all the time. I did it 100 times a year. You know, it's like, whatever. <laughs> this guy, we, this guy, you know, he did it once, you know, said every now and then, like, you know, people still remember it. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, so that's, you're that's our, you're on fire that year, too, then. So, especially against lefties. I have some stats here. So, through the All-Star break, you were hitting 382 against left-handed pitching, and then your wrist kept effing up on you. So, you had to basically hit, you know, uh, left-handed the rest of the year, right? Yes. I had to. Yes. And it was like, because I had to get surgery. Like, I couldn't I couldn't swing right-handed, whatever. And they were like, well, you can get surgery. I was like, no way. Like, dude, I'm balling. We're having fun. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I was like, I'll just hit left-handed off a lefty. And um, never did that before. You know, I had no reason to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but for me, you know, I just, I don't know. I look at things a little different. And they always talk about how tough it is for lefties to, you know, for lefties to hit lefties, you know, whatever it is. And I always just kind of, you know, I'm like, I wonder, I mean, you know, physically, it just, you know, from a physics standpoint, I mean, righties have to hit off righties, and you know, it's kind of the same thing. Lefty, lefty. I mean, it's just a matter of picking up the ball, you know, seeing it and hitting it. You know, I mean, I don't. It's the same, you know, and that's and that's how I felt, and that's my approach. And then, obviously, when you get in the box, you got to have a more, you know, professional big league type approach on, on, you know, based on the pitcher and whatever else. But you know, my thought going in and facing lefties, I, you know, I notice when I'm watching lefties throw to lefties. Lefties generally don't like to go in on lefties. They go away, and they won't throw a changeup, and it's either a slider or a curveball. So you can eliminate it to two pitches, you know what I'm saying, and a general area. They're not coming in, so they're going to be away, and it's usually going to be a fastball or some kind of slider or curveball. And it just made it easy. <laughs> and, you know, and so I remember I started off high for my first five, lefty on lefty. And I was just like, I just like, this is, this is a joke. What, what were you guys talking about? <laughs> this is easy. You know? <laughs> and then I started seeing guys with sinkers and hard sliders and all kinds of stuff. And it kind of evened out. But, um, but I did learn from that that there were certain lefties, even after I got my wrist back and got surgery and everything was good and I was back to hitting right-handed, I, I learned that there were certain left-handers that I would hit, that I would face left-handed. And it was generally like those soft-tossing guys, you know, Glavin, um, Jamie Moyer, you know, Mike Moore, those kind of guys that kind of feast on that change-up, <clears throat> take that change-up away, and they don't throw very hard, and their off-speed stuff isn't that good. So, uh, you know, just gave me a better approach, and it helped me from the, you know, from the right side. I, I don't know. you do. I don't feel like having to sit back and, I know you're gonna throw the change up all this time, and yeah, I'd just rather see a fastball. Give me a fastball. I need to smoke it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that that year we saw some. Uh, I mean, they what? Kevin Apier comes in throwing 84, 85, and beats the Yankees. You remember that? 
Y'all dealing, like just throwing poop. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, they pulled Paul Abbott in, and another guy I wanted to talk about. I, I remember Brad Voyles beat Randy Johnson in a doubleheader game against the Diamondbacks. <laughs> <laughs> like there was just all sorts of wacky stuff going on that that's, year. That's what I'm saying. Like there was all that. Like none of that's supposed to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like it's not supposed to happen. But everything was everything was lining up. I don't know, man. Tony Pena was so much fun to play for. Um, you know, the guys are ready to play every day. And we just kind of understood that we had to, um, you know, we had to go out there and fight. We, we knew we weren't the best, you know what I'm saying, and that people kind of expected to just kind of walk over us. And we're better than that. Like, man, we're in the same league you're in, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Well, another guy I wanted to ask about then. So, <clears throat> so obviously they knew all about Jose Lima, but the, the story is that Allard signed him without – yeah, with, without seeing him pitch there. So he they sign him out of the Independent League, the Atlantic League there, and they know all about him, but they haven't seen him throw recently. They bring him in, and all of a sudden he turns the season around. You guys are kind of in a little lull. He comes back and kind of rejuvenates it there in the middle months of the season. So, I mean, we obviously lost him way too young, too. Kind of talk about what kind of man and what kind of teammate uh, Lima was. I mean, he was the ultimate teammate, that guy. I mean, he was, I mean, super positive. Um... I mean, and he, you knew he had your back. You know what I'm saying? Like, on like, on surreal. Like, well, like, what the show? Like, he, as a as a teammate, like, you know, good. I feel like a good teammate. You know, has his guy's back. Lets him know that he has his back, and you know, lets him know that he wants him to succeed. You know what I'm saying? And you have that you have his back, and wanting him to succeed as well. And he had he he embodied that. He, um, I mean, he was just always there when he wasn't pitching. He's in the dugout. He's cheering. And even when he was pitching, you know what I'm saying? He was right there in the middle of the game and, like, just excited up on the front rail, you know. And he was just a different character, man. Super, super, uh, like I said, super positive. Always had a smile on his face. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, it was just, it, it was fun to watch him do his thing on the mound, too, with all the antics. And, I mean, that's just the joy, you know what I'm saying, that we don't see enough of. You know what I'm saying? In MLB, you know, they curtail it a lot. Um, and, you know, they don't want guys to show emotion. But, you know, that Latin that Latin flavor of baseball, you know, that's how they do it, man. And, it's you know, it's fun to see somebody just having sheer fun and doing it. Not show anybody up, you know. But you know, he may have showed a few guys up. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's, uh, you know, yeah, it was fun to watch him do his thing. And, it, you know, it's sad to, like you said, you know, we lost him too soon. Yeah, totally. Now you mentioned I imagine that year then. So you know I, I didn't play in the big leagues, obviously, but I'm sure there you can say there's some years where you go to the park and you're kind of like dreading being there, or you're, maybe you're worn out a little bit. And then there's some years where you can't wait to go to the park and you're excited driving there. So I'm assuming that was 2003. What, what made 2003 so special for you when you call it your favorite year in retrospect? Well, it was obviously the winning, um, and like the, all those different ways of winning. And you know what I'm saying, and there was just so much. I mean, you know, you get you get you get memories from that, and you get a certain enjoyment. Like when I talk about it now, I get a little goosebumps, and like that was a special time in my life. And obviously, because it stands out more so um, from a you know from a from a you know we we we, we teetered short, but as far as just you know kind of defying the odds, you know, coming together as a team. You know, having super fun. We clicked as a team. We did stuff off the field as a team. Um, 
I mean, it was just, uh, it was a team team, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was a good mix. We had, you know, old crusty guys. We had super young green guys. You had middle-of-the-road guys like myself. And, um, you know, with an extra positive, you know, manager and a super cool GM and, you know, the organization in itself was, I mean, you know, an awesome organization. Like, I really, you know, I really miss uh you know, being out there and coming into that stadium and, and you know, speaking to the, you know, everybody, the parking attendants, the popcorn dudes, uh, whoever. And, you know, it was just, it, it felt like a family out there. And um, so that's why I liked it. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a family oriented team atmosphere and we had a little bit of success, fell a little short, but, you know, had a lot of fun in the in the along the way. Well, unfortunately, 2004, you know, kind of is the opposite. So you guys have all this hype, you know, and, and justified you should. You had a good year. Then you bring in Juan Gonzalez, Benito Santiago, Matt Stairs. You brought back, you know, Brian Anderson, Curtis Liskanik, some guys like that. But then, you know, 2004 obviously goes sour in a hurry. You know, there's the whole. Uh, you know, Eduardo Velasquez instead of Jamie Wright at Yankee Stadium, the Pena showering with his jersey on and guaranteeing the division and, you know, all that stuff. But, I mean, 2004, how tough was that for you after after coming from 2003? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, man, I, I got, yeah, that was tough. You know, we were expected to do some things. And then you saw some stuff, like, you know, with Juan Gonzalez, like, missing a full season because of a, you know, foul ball off of his toe or something. Like, <laughs> just something. Like, it was so ridiculous. Um, and, and, I don't know. We we just didn't, we didn't perform. You know, we had a, you know, some guys that were injuries. You know, guys didn't, uh, just didn't, didn't play up to, up to, up to par, myself included. And, um, I remember in the season, you know, I, you know, obviously the year before I kind of commandeered the second base spot. So I was, uh, you know, getting getting uh, getting ready for coming in the next year because Allard, you know, because I was getting surgery after the season, and um, he was like, you know, am I going to have to go out and get another second baseman? And I'm like, no, I'll be healthy, I'll be ready, like I'll be good, and he's fine, I'm cool. So then, but one day I came to the park, and this is, you know, after the season we broke through spring training, we're starting the season, whatever, starting the second base. Um, then one day I come to the park and look at the lineup and I'm in left field. And I'm just like, oh, here we go. Huh. <laughs> here, here we go. And yeah, nobody said anything. You know what I'm saying? Just like it was kind of like, yeah. You know, I've been, you know, from the year before to, you know, all this spring and all this, you know, first whatever it was. I don't remember what it was. Um, you know, second base, and that's what I did. Like, I didn't, once again, didn't have an outfield glove. You know, I had my little second base glove. I'm like, yeah, I'm settling back in and being a starter, playing every day, you know. And then, you know, this happened, and uh, I was just, just kind of had my sails. I had the, you know, the wind taken out of my sails, and it was just, uh, you know, I don't know. After that, I kind of, kind of mentally <clears throat> checked out a little bit, and you know, once started worrying about stuff I couldn't control, instead of just playing a game and you know doing what you're supposed to do, and uh, yeah, ended up 
ended up in a bad season for me. Well, uh, so following that year, then I mean, did you ever did you ever entertain the thoughts of coming back to the Royals? Did they try to get you back, or was it pretty much just writing on the wall and that was it? Uh, I wasn't even going to try to come back. Really? I mean, I don't know if, if they did. Yeah, I was like, yeah, there's, yeah. Because I just felt like, you know, I talked I talked to Alec because he came to me and we talked about it, and because I was really mad. You know, I'm a I'm a upbeat guy, jovial. I like to have fun and talk and kind of garrulous at times. But I, I was just I wasn't talking. I was chill. I was like just to myself. I was fuming. And it was like that for, you know, really for a few, you know, for a few days, you know, not even saying. And I guess, you know, they were wondering what's going on. So they, you know, Howard came and talked to me. He's like, yo, what's going on? I was like, you know, I don't know. I think I could ask you the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, your, I'm your second baseman. So you tell me. And then I'm coming to see him at left field. <laughs> like, I don't get it, you know. He's like, yeah, well, you know, we maybe, you know, we probably should have gone about it this way. Should have talked to you, and you know, he did. And I was like, yeah, well, he's like, well, you know, but you can't be, you know, blah blah blah, and you know, telling me, you know, because I was being a jerk. Like, I wasn't being an asshole. I was just being very curt. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have time for anybody at that point. I was pissed. Like, dude, this is crazy. Like, someone could at least said something. You know, what I'm saying I, I do understand the business at this point, but just do a little bit better. That's all <clears throat> from their standpoint. And, you know, and it was cool at that point. And, you know, Allard, I still hold Allard in, in high regards, you know, to this day. But at that time, you know, it just didn't seem like the right place. And then overall, you like Tony Pena, though, too? Loved him. That's good. Loved him. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, I had my whole, my whole, I enjoyed the whole time there. I mean, we had, didn't do good the second year. We didn't do well the second year. Um, you know, so be it. But, Overall, you know, as far as the, you know, the friends that I made and, you know, the, the memories, um, you know, that happened on the field. And, I mean, you know, talking to you and bringing back some of the stuff that I've forgotten, that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you know, it's good to have. I'm sure you remember the, we believe nosotros cremos, right? <laughs> what you mean? I got it on my, I got it on my, eye, in my uh, eye thing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. I got, yeah, I got, you know what I'm saying? I got some burn in that. I mean, he, you know, he gave me a little, you know, I had like a little verse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where he was talking about. I was like, yeah, son. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love it. So, 2005, the Rockies. Any, any nice time, you know, memories of your times in Colorado? <laughs> Jeez. The beginning of the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, man, I, um, I don't know. I just kind of never had a chance to, I don't know. I felt, I didn't, a lot of players probably feel like this. I kind of felt like I had a raw deal. Um, we, uh, we sucked. Yeah, we were, I mean, that was just the bottom line. We were a bad team. We had a lot of young guys, didn't have any pitching, um, and, you know, when he got to start up, to, you know, to get me over there, you know, he was like, look, we got all these rookies in this position, this position, this position, this position. And, uh, you know, there's going to be an opportunity for you to play, you know. We don't know exactly where, but, you know, they're going to need days off. You know, they may be struggling, whatever, whatever. I'm like, yeah, that sounds really good. 
And this is when I, you know, Lou tried to get me again. At this point, he's in Chicago. He tried to get me to go to Chicago. I didn't want to go to Chicago because they had, like, four, like, old infielders like me. And I had, like, Nephi Perez, uh, Nomar Garcia Parra, Tony, uh, not Tony, but uh, Todd Walker, a couple other people. Like, well, I'll never play over there. And plus, they've got day games. It's freezing. I'm like, are you nuts? <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, it's like, no way. So I'm not, I was like, Lou, I love it. Like, Lou tried to get me everywhere he went. I love it. He's my, he's my favorite manager. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I went, to, went, went out there thinking I was going to get some playing time, you know. And, um, and I would have, and it just, it just didn't work out that way. It just so happens to – I mean, I don't know how they didn't think that they were going to have rookies that could play because they were like – I get over there, the rookie they're talking about in left field is like Matt Holliday. <laughs> um, you got – you got uh, this guy named Garrett Atkins at third base. He was just a sweet fan. Like a great. Like, dude, like, he came in. He was doing his thing, and they had Clint Barman at shortstop. He's like, rookie of the year or something. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't think these guys are going to play? <laughs> like, these guys are good. <laughs> like, they're good. And so I get over this. I'm, I'm sitting. Like, I'm not even playing. You know what I'm saying? Here and there, you know, getting playing, coming in, maybe playing a little defense. And then uh, Barman gets hurt. And um, so I get to play. And, um, we suck, and while we're sucking, I'm alone, like one of the lone, obviously Todd, but Todd was even scuffling this year. He's having one of his worst years. I don't even think he hit 300 this year, or if he did, it was barely. But, um, and I was a lone bright spot, like really being a fan, doing, doing well, playing, playing, playing a little short, knocking in some runs, you know, doing whatever. And then, um, and then I scuffled a little bit, went in a little slump for a couple weeks. I just wasn't hitting, you know, average dip. And uh, they designated me. And um, it was crazy. It's like I got designated by the worst team in baseball. <laughs> um, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, writing's on the wall, bro. Like, ain't nobody messing with you. And, you know, I ended up, um, I ended up getting, um, ended up getting picked up by the Blue Jays a little bit afterwards. And I went to AAA with them. And um, they were almost, going to make the playoffs or whatever and then you know they were like well if you make the playoffs we'll call you up if they don't then you know there's no reason so finished out triple a in that year with the blue jays 2005 the beginning of the end yeah well 2006 baltimore you go to spring training there you're literally like the final cut right yeah like yeah like the last cut and then you know they're like um yeah, like literally, like literally, like I didn't even know. Like it was so crazy. Like I didn't. They they were so caught up and they didn't know we were getting ready to leave for for they were getting ready to leave to go to wherever their exhibition game was, whatever. And they hadn't told me anything. Like they didn't say, "Hey, you're going to play. Hey, you're just going to go for the game, and we're going to like nothing." They just kind of whatever. And then the very last day, you know. And I kind of figured at that point I wasn't going. I mean, hell, I wasn't packed or shut, not, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. So, and then they were like, well, you know, you go to AAA and blah, blah, blah. I was like, you're talking about in Ottawa in April? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm good, bruh. <laughs> so, so I was like, I, I'll, I'm, I'm going to take it to the house. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take it to the house. So I, I go home, and I'm pissed now. I'm like, you know, baseball sucks. You know, I just went through the whole, you know, thinking about last season, getting designated, and I'm like, this is it. I'm done. Like, this is, this is what it's like. 
this is how it comes to an abrupt end, you know. And um, so I'm pissed. And so I'm at home. Uh, two weeks goes by, and then I get a call from the Cardinals. And they're like, hey, we need a, you know, we're unhappy with our second base position. We want to see you AAA, get you ready. You know what I'm saying? We need our second baseman. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> so I'm getting all ready, getting loose. Dude, they called me back literally the next day and was like, uh, we're bullshitting. You know what I'm saying? They were like, oh, we're just kidding. Like, or uh, we don't need you anymore. Sorry. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, who does that? Like, I just call somebody, tell them, get ready. I'm going to call you back with flight information. And then you come back and say, um, well, yeah, basically we made a mistake and we don't need you. Sorry. <laughs> It's like it's like Ashton Kutcher on punked, you know, you're getting punked by him. Yeah, like I'm, yeah, dude, and I'm sitting there mouth open, looking crazy. Like what? Like what do you? Like you can't? Are you serious? Yeah. And so this is what's happening, and that and that happened, and so I'm sitting at home, and now I'm really pissed, and and think it's over. Like I'm, I'm fuming. I'm like, why would they even do that? Like toy with my emotions. You know, like this is crazy. So I said, and then they, you know, another two weeks or whatever goes by or whatever, and they called me back. They were like, hey, we need you in Memphis, I guess, or wherever they are. They're in Memphis. So, yeah, Triple A team, we need you in Memphis, second base, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are you sure <laughs> you want me to go to Memphis? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, and like, oh, oh, yeah, we have blah, blah, blah. We, you know, apologize once again, blah, blah. Get, you know, we need you there. So I get there, um, and I was like, look, dude, I've been sitting around for a month. I haven't been doing anything. Like, obviously, I'm trying to get out of shape, actually. I've been, like, punishing myself, you know, on this mental, like, abuse type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, Girl Scout cookies, right? This, yeah, like, this depressed. Yeah, this, I'm sure. I'm sure. Dosey dozy send them. Um, I'm sure I was, you know, this depressed state, so... Whatever, and I'm, you know, sitting around for months not doing anything. So I get up there. I was like, "Yeah, I'll go," but you know, you're gonna have to give me a few days to kind of, you know, run around, just, you know, get my legs underneath me. And they're like, "No problem, no problem. We'll give you a few days, whatever." So I get there, and you know, after the first day, you know, manager's looking at me like, "Hey, so you think you're ready?" I'm like, "No." Well, I'm looking like I just got here <laughs> yesterday. Like, let me run around. Let me get a little, you know, do some things. I told you I haven't, you know, whatever. So. It was probably about three or four days, and then we were on the road, and I was in the lineup. And um, first at bat, having a great at bat, dude, like fouled off like nine pitches, and then I smoked a ball off the right field wall coming out of the box and blew out my calf. Ugh. And Yeah, blew out my calf, and they totally mishandled it from a medical standpoint. But long story short, they tried to put me back on the field like a week later when it, like, it was literally like – it was crazy. Like I, I was moving around like an eighty-seven-year-old man with a bad hip <laughs> and a bunion. Like it was terrible. Like I was moving around looking so crazy, and then they were like, "Oh, I guess we need to put you on the DL." You know what I'm saying? And it sucks because, dude, I'm like the new guy. I just get here. You know, I'm running around, and then, you know, and I get hurt. And like you can't do that. And I understand that. So they were trying to get me on the field as soon as possible, and it just wasn't. It just wasn't gonna happen. So I uh, never got it looked at while I was there. Um, well, they had a doctor look at it, and he just kind of touched it and said, oh, yeah, why do you strain your muscle, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up getting home, getting an MRI, and it was, you know what I'm saying, it was way worse than that. You know, it was terrible. Man, so that... It was like a four-month rehab. Yeah, it was like a four-month rehab process, and 
Like, dude, it was crazy. Like, it was, and that's like three or four days a week we had. Like, like it was hard. And um, so, yeah, I had to, that was a terrible year. 06 was awful. Well, it gives, uh, Royals fans already had a thousand reasons to hate the Cardinals, so we'll add another one on there <laughs> on top of that. Yeah, another one, yeah. Uh, uh, so, 2007, your last year in pro ball, Texas Rangers that last year, you know, nice memories of that last season? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, uh, no, uh, actually, it was, golly, I guess I was just breaking, they're just old. I um, had going into spring training, had a really good spring, um, or was having a good spring. Um, went in in great shape. Like we we went through this whole um, <clears throat> athlete uh, uh, kind of like combine kind of thing to where they like, you know, did a bunch of timing and testing of different things to see, you know, who's the best athlete in camp basically. And at 34, 35 years old, I was the best athlete in camp. Like I was like killing it you know what i'm saying with all these young bucks and whatever else so feeling good about myself and not and not and playing playing pretty good and i ended up pulling a quad in spring training which kept me from making the team um so i went to triple a started the year in triple a um you know hurt you know, I started about a week late, got to the season about a week late, and was playing well. I was down in AAA, killing it, you know what I'm saying? I think uh, a couple times guys had gone down in the big leagues, and they called up people in front of me that I was doing better than. Um, and I think the the straw that broke Camel's back, they brought up this guy from AA, the kid in AA who hadn't done anything above that. Um put him up there and it was just for a short amount of time, you know, they were, and they knew, I guess they knew Hank Blaylock was going to be back shortly. So they didn't want to waste the, like one of the moves, I guess with me was kind of how it was explained to me. And they just, you know, he's going to be back. So they didn't want to waste that move. I was like, All right, I get it. Um, so then Hank Blaylock goes down again, like for going to be out a while. And they call this young kid back up again to the big league, you know, and he sucked. Like he wasn't ready. <laughs> not, you know, not that he not that he was bad, but he just wasn't ready. You know, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to be in the big leagues. Like he just he had a couple of couple of abs in in, uh, in double A. You know what I'm saying? So you know he put this guy up, and they called up another guy or whatever in front of me, and and it was just crazy. And I was doing well. Like I, you know, mid season, you know, I had like close to 50 RBIs, and you know, I was playing good third base. Um, you know, whatever, playing a little second here and there, maybe a little short. Um, but, yeah, and they just, you know, I got I got a call up, um, like, not too long before the All-Star break. And literally, like, everybody pretty much died on the team. <laughs> um, so they had to call me up. And um, that's what it was. And Ron Washington was, he was, he was uh, he, you know, I, I love Ron. You know, he was up front and he told him, you know, when I got there and he was just like, <laughs> you made it, huh? <laughs> and he was like, hey, bro, you, you, you already know what it is. And he was just being honest. You know, he was just saying, you know, they, you know, they, they felt like they needed to go a different direction, you know, or whatever that meant. 
And I'm just like, dude, it's during the, in the heat of battle, you go with what you got. You see who, you see who, who, who works. You know, if that guy gets in there and he does well, like, I mean, come on, whatever. But anyway, it didn't end up good. I, I was up there for a month, ended up getting, you know, a couple of at-bats, and they were, you know, always either against a closer or you know, I was starting a day game against, you know, Randy Johnson or somebody <laughs> or, you know, whoever else, you know, by getting, you know, yeah, one of those games. So it was just – it was tough, and I ended up the season in AAA, and then that was it. Yeah, was it was it easy after 07 then to walk yeah. away? I mean, did you know that was the end, and were you okay with it? Listen, listen. I I just now, like two years ago, figured out I wasn't going to get a call for spring training. Really? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> like, not for real, for real, but, yeah. like, nah, like, I still want to play. Like, I'm in great shape. And I'm still upper 80s off the bump. You know what I mean? Right now. <laughs> I, just, I just, I just, you know, I, yeah, I miss the game, man. I think anybody who loves this and has played at that level or something, you, to some degree, I can't say they could, you know, you miss it enough to where you want to go play it at 40 plus, but I do. Yeah. Would you ever uh, coach or manage at minor leagues or anything or not? It'd have to be a good situation um, right now. That's why I haven't really tried to go back into it now just because, you know, my kids are at an age, you know, 13, 11. You know, I, I, I'd rather be around here, you know, and I coach young kids. And so I, I get my fix to a degree. Um, but uh, I want to play. Yeah, well, maybe you can maybe you can manage the sun someday. Be a player manager, <laughs> right? I'd love it. Uh. I'd do that all day, and I hey, they'd be pissed. Like, dude, you can't hit third, bro. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You'd be hitting you know clean up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading off, playing short, like, bro, you're 45, bro. Like, chill. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't play every day. Yeah, well, like, well, uh, yeah, I'm sabotaging the season for my personal gain. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the last few questions I have for you. Let's finish up here with Kansas City then. So when you think back to your your, your Royals days, as far as KC goes itself, you know, did you have any nice memories of living here and the city itself and all that good stuff? Any hot spots you liked here? Um, well, you know, what's that place? The Plaza. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, downtown where they got all the nice little restaurants. So yeah, we you know I frequent there. To, I was you know to go grab stuff to eat, um, but then. Um, I lived in Overland Park when I was there. Okay. With the fam with my family out in Overland Park and uh you know, I loved it out there. You know what I'm saying? And this is when I knew it was different and super nice. Um like I came like I we moved in and we'd been there like a day or two. Uh you know, we were renting this place and um the yard our yard hadn't been um you know, it needed to be mowed. And um you know, we're sitting there and we, you know, we're just kind of getting settled and doing whatever, whatever. And we came back one day and our, you know, the neighbor would mow the yard. You know, he was finishing up mowing the, like, he mowed the, mowed the lawn. And, you know, and, and at the time I'm like, holy, like, like, where am I? Like, this is Pleasantville. Like, this is crazy. Like, people, like, around my way, like, throw dog shit in your yard. Like, <laughs> this guy, like, he, he mowed it. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's mowing it. Like I was like, this is crazy. And I don't know. 
he could have been being an asshole, like, dude, you're gonna just let this grow to where your neighbor has to cut it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it could have been, it could have gone both ways. But I looked at it from a positive standpoint, like, wow, these people are awesome. Like, they're so nice. You know what I'm saying? And and that's how I believe it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and it really it goes in you know in line with my experience there. Like, people there were very very nice. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole Midwest nice thing. Like it's a, it's a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, the people out there are really nice, and, um, you know, they take care of their fellow man. They mow their lawn. You know, they <laughs> pick up their mail, you know? Well, what more can you ask for? Yeah. Uh, now, so, th- did you have a favorite Kansas City barbecue when you were here? First of all, and first of all, Kansas City barbecue is overrated. Oh, no. I said, <laughs> I said, and I even said it when I was there. I'm like, look, look. Listen, Linda, listen. We, in, in the South, especially in the Southeast, like, everybody down here barbecues. Like, we got our own recipes, and we do this, that, and the, like, it's, it's a big thing. So, you know, I'm not saying it was, now, now get this. Now, when I say something is overrated, that's not saying it's not good. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's just saying it's rated better than it is. Okay, fair enough. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing uh, because I thought it was good. But I was just like, eh, I like it. I, I'm not missing. I mean, like I, at home, I can get as good as or better, you know. Or and I'm sure there's places out here that are as good as or better. It's a toss up. It kind of depends on what you like. So, um, you know, we ate the regular. You know, you eat Gates and um, what's the other place? Oklahoma um, Joe's, Jack Stack. Arthur Bryant's, that yeah, kind of I'm stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, good stuff. Yeah. And the same thing with Memphis. They, they were talking about Memphis. They were, oh, Memphis, barbecue. This, I, was, I was like, really? This old watery-ass <laughs> sauce y'all talking about? With, with this, I don't even know what's going on. Like, I, like it's like they put just vinegar on on top of my meat, and they're talking about his barbecue. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you get a chance to go to the Negro Leagues Museum while you were here? Yes, I did. Ah, that's on a, more than one occasion. That's a great place, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, what's the guy who runs that? Bob Kendrick. Oh man, when I was out there. Oh, Bob sorry. Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob's the man. He's still uh, still out here. Now, have you been back to KC since your playing days, or just not since like oh six oh seven there ish? No, I came out. I think. What was I out there for? Oh uh, yeah, that's been a oh man, that's been a long time. Yeah, so it was probably around '07 because '07 I came out to I came out to work with uh, Kevin Seitzer. Oh okay, Mac and Seitz. Yeah, yeah, okay. what a great guy. I mean, I come out, he puts me up at his home, we go work out, and you know, class act, man, class act. That knows a thing or two about hitting. Yeah, that's for damn sure. And do you stay in touch with any of your old, uh, any of your old former Royals teammates? You guys still talk at all? Anybody? You know, I talk to Lascanic every now and then. Um, I talk to D Brown. Um, let me see who else we had on that squad. Not, not a whole lot, man. You would uh, guys don't stay in touch as much as I thought they would, or as much as I would like. Even guys you thought were your like good friends. Yeah. 
it's just weird. Time does it. Yeah, I, I guess people get, yeah, you know, people get busy and have lives and whatever else. Well, you know, thanks so much for your time. I guess the last question I have for you is what would you like to say uh, to Royals fans listening right now? Um, wow, what do I want to say for Royals fans listening? Hey, man, um, I can still play. Uh, <laughs> it's a little easy on me. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, Royals fan 2014 or 2015, 2015, I just like to say, you know, Thank you for the time when I was when I was there in 03 and 04. Really made me feel at home. Uh, really made me feel like a part of the team, and that you enjoyed what I did. And um, and as a player, that's all you want to do. You want to go out there, play the game, you want the, the best way you can, and you hope that the fans, uh, you know, enjoy your shallow play that, that that they were entertained by it. And I hope that's the case. Um, you know, in regards to me. And, you know, good luck from here on out. You guys got a good young team going forward, and uh, I wish you and those guys the best of luck. Well, thank you so much for uh, for all the memories and, you know, all that you gave to the Royals being a part of that awesome 2003 team. And, you know, hopefully we'll stay in touch through the years and see you back out here one of these days. Yeah, Dave, no doubt, man. I'm a, you know, I want to I want to make a trip. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I want to I want to get out there. Um, you know, if I if I get the urge or if I if I plan a trip, or something like that. I'll give you a, I'll give you a holler, man. And yeah. I'll let you know that I'll be there. Maybe maybe we can get up and, and grab a drink or something. Or or some overrated barbecue, right? <laughs> or some overrated barbecue, no doubt. I love it. Man. Yeah. Tell uh, tell right, tell Jacksonville hi for me. I missed that place. All right, Dave, man. Appreciate it.